Hello, and welcome to Spotlight On, the podcast that brings together business leaders, entrepreneurs, and experts covering a range of topics. I'm Nicholas Barton, founder and CEO of the Barton Partnership. We're an award-winning executive recruitment and consulting solutions firm, providing permanent search and independent consulting services across strategy, sustainability, and M&A, data and analytics, and transformation and change. Hello, and welcome to the seventh episode of our Women in Leadership podcast series. I'm Kieran Rosoda, Associate Director in our Transformation and Change practice. Joining me today is Kieran Sinroy, Executive Director at IQEQ. Kieran was previously Head of Procurement and Business Change at InterTrust Group and has over 15 years of experience in general management, value creation, management consulting, M&A integration, Greenfield operations and driving revenue growth. Thank you very much for making the time, Ken. Really appreciate it. Could you start by sharing a bit of an overview of your career journey to date, please? So, you know, it's been an interesting journey so far. Um, I was born and brought up uh, what I called as the land of uh, the economies in India. Uh, I started out my career in sourcing and procurement straight out of university. You know, at that time, it was like, okay, let's go and get going with this. This is a new thing that's happening in the market and, and maturing the business. And from that, I progressed into doing management consulting with KPMG, moving into more transformational roles and today uh, leading to business units. So it's been constant learning and change in the last 15 years and, you know, never stopped learning. I think in the process, what I really enjoyed is living in four different countries and having the opportunity to work from people over 15 different cultures. Uh, I think it has really broadened my horizon in terms of cultural awareness and, and how to get things done. Excellent. Could you talk about your experience advancing to leadership in a traditionally, I'm, assu- I'm making assumptions here, that is heavily male-dominated environment, which typically they tend to be, and what can businesses be doing to support greater diversity at, at the leadership level? I don't think your assumption is fundamentally wrong. Um, it is true, you know, financial services, professional services is traditionally quite uh, male-dominated, as as you said. I guess you know, over the years, it's been quite different. I suppose there are two parts to it. One is what kind of opportunities that has been presented to you and how you as a woman have grasped those opportunities to move things forward. So it's a, it's a twofold process. You know, things don't present to yourself. So you need to also sort of look out for yourself and have that tenacity to keep going for, you know, for the progression in career and management roles. And look, you know, diversity wasn't really built overnight, right? It depends on the company culture of, and it takes time of, of building an inclusive culture. You know, still date, I still see people having inherent biases, uh, blind spots during the process in terms of, you know, how we progress people into, into management roles. I guess, you know, one of the things I have been also actively looking at in the firm I work with now and, and previously as well is, one of the things businesses can do better, perhaps, especially in our industry, in, in financial services, professional services, is the entry point. You know, when we are getting talent through the door, I think in the recruitment phase, more often it's always, you know, the crisis situation. Let's get someone as ASAP because we need to put off that fire in the business. I think the, the recruitment phase needs to be really navigated by helping hiring managers with coaching on how to avoid blind spots around diversity and inclusion, uh, how do you avoid having inherent biases to help sort of, you know, really tackle the problem in the front rather than trying to tackle the problem towards the later phase of uh, management coaching and, and stuff like that. It's really good that 
you're thinking about blind spots because they're not obvious to people. People aren't going out of their way to be blockers, but they might subconsciously just have some traits that that do them, you know, a little bit more harm than good. So it's really good that you're looking at that. It's interesting. Yeah. I think, you know, one of the other things also is also having a diverse recruitment talent. When you feel there is a higher chances of having such kind of blind spots or inherent biases, how do you sort of balance the recruitment panel in a way so that you avoid such situations as much as you can and sort of, you know, having a fair process based on competency and merit uh, rather than, you know, driving to outcomes of let's find somebody in to get the job done. Yeah, no, absolutely agree. So what are your, what in your view are some of the key attributes to making it in the industry as a woman? And have there been any mentor, mentors or role models who have supported you in your career? I think in terms of attributes, for me, there are three things that you know, sort of is on top of my list is always competence, listening and learning. You have to keep doing this on a, on a continuous basis because as soon as you stop doing one of the three, you start to fall behind. Mm-hmm. And it's quite, a, it's quite a tenuous process. You, know, you might get feel tired over a period of time to say, okay, can't keep learning every day, can't keep up with my talent every day, but how do you do it in a meaningful way so that you have the resilience to keep going forward in your career? Um, I think in terms of mentors and, and coaches and different role models, I've been really lucky. You know, I wouldn't have got to where I've got to without certain people who have come through in different phases of my life to sort of you know, help me mentor, coaches, uh, and people that I've looked up to. I think, you know, for me, that was a key part. I've always, you know, especially in the last 10 years of my career where I've had management responsibilities in some shape and form, I've always looked out for having mentors within the business and outside the business who help me, A, with my self-reflection, and also pushing our boundaries, you know, as women leaders within the business, it's quite natural where we sometimes take a very overtly conservative approach to say, you know, we need to really perfect this thing and do it in a particular way without realizing there might be other things we can do. So I think mentoring and, and coaching is definitely, I would recommend to you know, anybody who is looking to grow within their career, it doesn't matter, you know, man or woman or, or anyone else is to sort of have someone who can help you self-reflect and push your boundaries because more often we start to develop biases in our head to say, this is how far I can go. This is what I can learn. This is what I can do. I think in terms of my role model, you know, I'm very passionate about economics and, and world economics and world politics. Uh, I really look up to Christine Lagarde, who is the current head of the European Central Bank and formerly leading the IMF. And have you reached out to people to mentor you? Or have people tapped you on the shoulder and said, actually, I could help you further? Is it is it more about you going out and saying? To, to be honest, it's been more proactive. You know, I always look out for, and this is something, you know, I do on a continuous basis every 24 months, 36 months, to say, okay, here is my career path. These are the skills I need to improve at. These are the kind of attributes I'm looking to develop. And I keep tapping into people within the network, within the firm I work, wherever I've worked previously as well, to see you know, who have got those skills and they do them well and what can I learn from them. So it's been very proactive. I don't get to the point of you know, nagging mentors because that's not what you should do. But I think you know, having a mentor within the business and outside the business is, is quite useful. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it's, 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 it's a theme that's come up in a lot of women that we've spoken to. Having mentors both inside and outside of, of work has, is is playing a theme all the way through. So it's really good that you're obviously sharing the same as well. 
How would you describe your leadership style and, and what has influenced that? Well, it's been, you know, I sort of, like everyone else, started out as an individual contributor, right? So you sort of grew up through the ranks and, and build your skills, skills around managing teams, leading teams, developing people. I think probably my leadership style sometimes can be seen as a bit controversial because my approach is quite transformational. And when I say transformational, it really comes from two parts. Um, you know, I like sharing power and information that I have in a manageable way. Um, and I focus on improving the self-worth of people. So people that I work with, the people who I influence, I always look at how we can continuously upgrade those individuals that I work with and how I can learn from them. So sometimes it goes two ways, which is mm. outside you know, the standard metrics of leadership styles that you would find in a Harvard Business Review and stuff. I guess you know, th- this has really happened more naturally by the virtue of the environment I have operated in. You know, I've been doing transformation roles for the best part of the last eight, 10 years, working in management consulting, various financial institutions, and also being surrounded by very high-performing people. You know, when you're surrounded by high-performing people, you are constantly challenging yourself to do better and the bar keeps rising. You know, to answer to your question, it's not really it's leadership style A or B, but it's more around how you continuously improve and, and transform yourself and people that you work with. So what's the best advice you've ever received? Best advice I've received? You know, I, I used to work for a very inspiring and in- interesting Scandinavian leader a few years ago and, and happened to be one of my uh, mentors at some point in time in career as well. He used to always say to me, Kieran, get things done and call them as they are. And that's something we hear and see a lot when you do transformational roles because you land up doing things which is not often liked. But at the same time, you need to always watch out for the shock and awe approach, which is more a military term of, you know, the doctrine of not using too much power. Because when you do transformation, it's very often seen as, oh, this resource is coming from the head office, by the owners, by the investors to come make change. See, you need to really watch out for not falling into the trap of constantly shocking people by power and know when to use the power in a meaningful way. Uh, and that's more often, you know, when, when we do transformation, it gets quite critical. We are always under pressure of delivering outcomes. And sometimes we, we lose things on the way. Um, and that's something, you know, I always bear in mind, you know, transformation takes time. Uh, and then this is an advice that I always give to people that I work with as well. I know everybody wants to wants to progress, but, you know, you need to manage your pace uh, and, and how you're perceived to be able to get to the desired outcomes and bringing people along. What's your definition of success and, and what has been your biggest career achievement to date? Look, I mean, definition of success really evolves. You know, what it was 10 years ago is not the same now. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, for me, where I've got, I'm really proud of where I've got to so far. Um, It's not been an easy journey in any shape and form, but I've learned immensely. Um, I think for me, you know, success is really to build a life on my own terms and and do the work I really thrive in. I guess that sort of is what my outcome and, and, you know, what I would say is success. I wouldn't say, you know, I'm really happy being a director here or there. But it's more on being really able to build a life on your terms, which sometimes not easy with too many variables and outcomes. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And to thrive, to be at a point where you're absolutely comfortable in your skin, 
comfortable with how you're working you know all of those things you need to balance don't you really so that's excellent yeah and finally what advice would you have for the next generation of women coming out coming through or starting out in their careers I really had to think long and hard about this one um, because you know more often we have role models we have coaches we have mentors we start to sort of wanting to become someone else uh, I do see a trend of you know, I want to be a power woman here. I want to be the next Sheryl Sandberg. You know, you look around, you get various versions of things. I guess for me, it's the first and most important thing is be your authentic self. You are born and brought up with certain DNA, uh, with certain authentic traits that you need to sort of carry. I think being the authentic self, the, the other is know your limitations you know, all of us have certain learning areas, certain things we will grasp and certain things we will never grasp. And how do you surround yourself with people who can help you grow and succeed? And the other is never stop learning. You know, just because we have got to wherever we have got to in our lives doesn't mean you know, this is it and, and there's nothing else to do. So I guess it's a, it's a mixed bag of things. But, you know, for me, being authentic, never stop learning and know what your limitations are. I think these are three quite key attributes if you want to sort of continue to progress in your life and, and in your career where you are. Perfect. Well, look, thank you very much for taking the time to um, do the podcast. Absolutely. And thanks again for giving the opportunity, Kieran.